Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Hey, Head Tribe. Welcome back to another episode of Giving Head, the podcast. For those who may not know, but I think mostly everybody does know, is that I hail from a little island called Bermuda, um, 22 square miles. And um, some of the best times to come to Bermuda is during the summer. In particularly during this time, we have something that we call cup match. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history of cup match and then tell you about our special Guess who's going to discuss how they got their head, that's their happiness, empowerment, development, by playing the game of cricket. So Cup Match is a public holiday unique to my home, Bermuda. It's a time in which families come together and enjoy a two-day celebration that include anything from camping, boating, swimming, and most importantly, the game cricket, or I should say the sport cricket. Um, You may wonder why Bermuda has a two-day holiday for a sporting event. Well, it's not just a sporting event. It is a celebration. So you have men from Somerset, which is the west end of the island, and men from St. George's, which is the east end of the island. And they met for a friendly rivalry to celebrate the emancipation of slavery. So in 1902, a trophy was purchased and Cup Match was born. Now, it wasn't until 1947 when it was recognized as a public holiday and it was introduced and the game has been held annually on the last Thursday and Friday in July or the first Thursday and Friday in August, the closest to August 1st. The first day of Cup Match was named Emancipation Day and the second day has recently been changed to Mary Prince Day. Now Mary Prince was born in Bermuda as a slave girl and she wrote a book detailing her experiences as a slave and in that way became a major voice and lightning rod for the the abolishment movement. So that's very important that because cricket is a celebration of emancipation, that we changed the second day to Mary Prince. Now that I've given you a little bit of history of Cup Match and why it's so important to the history of the island of Bermuda, this episode is all about how Cup Match brought happiness, empowerment, and development to Mr. Gennaro Tucker, a.k.a. Mr. Cup Match. At 45 years old, Gennaro tells us how he felt playing his first cup match at 17 years old with gentlemen that he looked up to. He has since which broke numerous cup match records held by some of those gentlemen he looked up to. And in this episode, he shares how he remains humbled, how cricket showed him the world, how it gave him goals to achieve, and how giving back is so important to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gennaro Tucker, aka Mr. Cup Match, sit back and enjoy this episode. 
So, Naro, welcome to Giving Health, the podcast. It's all about happiness, empowerment, development, and we are happy to have you on the show. Apologies for Kim, who is not here today, but we send all our love, and she loves Bermuda and Cop Match. So, mm. we're here talking to Mr. Cop Match himself, Mr. Gennaro Tucker, and I wanted to highlight this podcast about the happiness, empowerment, development, about Cop Match, and about how cricket has played a major role in your life. So tell us, where did you grow up? Where you're born? Where you're from? I mean, I know this, <laughs> but I want the listeners to know. Well, everybody knows I'm from Southampton. Rangers boy, through and through, bleed blue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up right next to Southampton Rangers. So that's all I know when it comes to sports. I'm a Rangers, you know, no, cricket, football, table tennis, whatever you want to call it. I am Rangers. You are Rangers. And for people that don't know, that's a club in Bermuda in one of our parishes. And Gennaro, yeah, was in his backyard or front yard, I might say. And so would you say that Rangers Club helped to kind of mold you into some of who you are today with some of the things that they offered back then and some of it now? Most definitely. When growing up, like I said, I was just a stone throw away from Rangers. and that's where I spent majority of my time. Cricket season, football season, playing in the backyard, at Rangers, on the field, just everything in Rangers. And because my father grew up playing for Rangers as well. Okay. So once, you know, you normally follow, follow your father when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got involved in Rangers and still involved in Rangers today as the cricket coach. Oh, awesome. I don't think I knew that. Now, I'm going to give a disclaimer. Cricket is not one of my forefront of sports that I know everything about. So I will not sit here and say that I'm an expert in that. That is all you. But tell us in your words about Cup Match, the history of Cup Match and the importance to you. For those that don't know, Bermuda has Cup Match, a cricket game that one end of the island plays against the other, Somerset and St. George's, and we continue to have this ongoing banter for years. It's significant because it's the celebration of the emancipation of slavery in Bermuda. So I'll let Gennaro speak more to that and tell us about that, Nari. Like you said, it's about celebrating emancipation. That's what cricket, it's Cup Match is mainly about. Mm-hmm. That's how it was started between the two clubs, St. George's and Somerset. And majority people from St. George's or the east end of the island are from St. George's. And majority people from the west end are from Somerset. And growing up, my father's side is from Somerset and my mother's side is from St. George's. Oh, what a household that might have been, must have been. Yes, my mom, my mom followed St. George's. <laughs> and it just happened once my mom and father got married, my mother, she ended up taking on the Somerset side, but still for St. George's. <laughs> Secretly, baby. <laughs> when I came along, it was the same thing. Whereas, you know, she was for St. George's, but basically for me and hoping that I do well and the team does well. So I guess that part went out the door. But like I said, she always followed her family was from St. George's and my oh. father's family was from Somerset. And that's how it was. And I just thought I would father my father's side in playing for St. Summers in the cup match. Not yes. 
Summer said it's the best team. Just saying, <laughs> I am biased in this podcast, and the podcast is mine, so it can be whatever it wants. And it's exactly, <laughs> summer's through and through. Through and through. So tell us about how that history of cup match and what that means to you, and how does that make you feel to be a part of that? It makes me feel real good to grow up now and from a young boy following in the footsteps of my father and his uncles okay. who played for Somerset. So once growing up, I always said, well, I want to play for Somerset and be the best that I possibly can be in the sport of cricket. Mm. Even though I liked football better. Okay. But as I got older, I switched over to cricket. And once with cricket, it's like you train hard, but you don't train as hard as you do for football. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I still train hard to today, but that's how I was brought up, to train hard. If you train hard, then you reap the rewards when it comes to whatever you do, not just cricket, but in life in general. Yeah, whatever you do, you got to put your all into it, and then you get good, good results back. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've done, and that was my goal, to be the best in what I set myself out to do in playing cricket. And cup match was basically the highlight of Bermuda when it comes to cricket. You know, that's the highest level in Bermuda when it comes to cricket, other than playing for the national squad, which is something else that I did. But mm-hmm. cup match was the highlight for me growing up to say, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to be. And I want to be the best. And that's how I am. I want to be the best. And I think I have accomplished that in the 25 years of cup match that I played. Well, I think I accomplished it. What was the first year that you played cup match? And tell me about that feeling. Then when you got chosen. <laughs> oh, 1992. Wow. My first cup match in St. George's. I don't forget it. I was um, 17 years old in work sex school. Mm-hmm. And prior to cup match, you know, you know school's old and Everybody's following, and you're just a young kid playing against all these guys that grew up with my father and stuff like that. Neil Gibbons, Stevie Witt, Arnold Mendes. You know, you can just name the guys that I played against. And to go into cup match in 92 as a 17-year-old coach, it was scary. Wow. I was scared. I was just so scared just to be involved in the game and playing against such caliber Name brands back then, you know, Randall Smith, Clay Smith, Flavor St. George's. Some of it was Erlen Jones, Richard Bairston, uh, George Emery, Andre Mendes, Rodney Fobler, Terry Burgess, you know. So it was like me, a little kid, playing with a lot of grown seasonal players. It was a scary feeling, but I think I handled myself well in my first cup match. I remember I got 25. Uh, Neil Gibbons got no, Neil Gibbons caught me, and David Chick Adams got me. He was bullied. And so to say twenty-five, that means that you got twenty-five runs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So Neil Gibbons was a catcher. He caught me out. He caught you out. Yep. And what was the third thing? Chick Adams. Chick Adams. David Chick Adams was the bullet. Was the bullet. I I was yeah. trying to make sure I got it all right. I was. Yeah. <laughs> And for those that don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gennaro, a cult would be somebody who's young into the cricket game? Well, no, a cult is your first year of first cult year. match. Okay, I'll That was my first I'll cult say. match. Yeah, I was a cult. That was my first cult match. Oh, wow. 92. 
1992, I was trying to think because I was like, we're around the same age. I'm like, I wasn't, I think I was still in high school. I so, was, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a big thing. So tell me the comparison between 17-year-old and 40-something-year-old Gennaro or when your last cup match game was. I think that was more maturity, the last part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're young, all you think about is just doing the, the good things, hitting sixes and just entertaining the, the fans. Yeah. But as you get older, you still want to entertain, but you don't entertain them as hitting much boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, because as you get older, you do things different. And when I finished in 2016, I had a plan to leave cup match with 100, mm-hmm. which I did. A hundred what for this? A hundred runs. A yeah, hundred yeah. runs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my plan to leave cup match in 2016 of a hundred runs. And I set my mind to it, which was more mental than physical. You know what I mean? So back then, when you're younger, it's like, you just want to get to the hundred as fast as you can and, and just have fun when you're young. Right. But as you get older, things change. Your body changes. Your mind changes. Everything just changes. So. It took me a little longer to get to that milestone, but I got to it. And that was the main thing, was getting there. And so that brings me to this question. What does cricket bring to your life along with the influence of Cup Match? You talk about the transition from 17-year-old to 2016, making this 100 runs. How, like, capitalize this, what you said, 25 years? Like, you know, you're a pro, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, it changes everything because once you play for so long, you meet a lot of people along the way. Mm. Whereas, like, when I used to go to cricket games up at some of the cricket club as an 8, 10-year-old playing with my, got my bat and ball, and people used to say, hey, you're going to be a good player. And then once they see me exceed at doing what I, what I like to do, Right. And they were like, I tell you, it's going to be like this. But then you, you meet, like I said, you meet a lot of people in life, mm-hmm. not just in Bermuda, but international people. You meet a lot of people that you may need when it comes to jobs, yeah. just, just everything. You may need somebody that along the way. And for me, I have met a lot of people who have helped me out in a lot of ways that I needed, not just in cricket, but in life. Mm-hmm. What countries have you played in? Played in many countries. Um, Dubai, South Africa, England, Malaysia, uh, Oman. I mean, the list wow. is good. Everyone is just so cricket, all in the Caribbean. So cricket just hasn't stopped in Bermuda. It has expanded. You know, it expanded your view and your thoughts and everything from around the world it took you outside of 22 square miles and that's amazing yeah for real because once you travel for cricket you get to see how people live and the experiences of going to places in kenya when you go to orphanages and see the kids how they live and the poor poverty is poor like and Mm -hmm. for me to witness that over the years of traveling, it changes your whole outlook. Okay. It changes your mind on everything in life, how you live, how you see life, and not just in Bermuda, but how you see it over the world. Like, we are living in a world that is hard. 
-hmm. you know, and it's hard in Bermuda, but some places in the world are hard in Bermuda, and, and that's what I got to see, you know? And some people think when you look at sports, um, just period, that, you know, it's just a sport, but their sports are very important to, I think, and I'm not trying to sound anyway, but males, I think it's very important to males in a way of channeling different things, but mm -hmm. just overall, I think it's even better because it takes you outside of your comfort zone. It takes you outside of where you live and it shows you so much more. Hence, right like what I, in regards to, we are here about cut match, the emancipation of slavery here in Bermuda. Like we have a two day holiday in regards to that, you know, there's no place in the world that celebrates two days of the emancipation of slavery, let alone us using a sport mm -hmm. to commemorate that. Right. So how does that feel for you? Because you carried the name Mr. Cut match. So how does that feel? That's a lot to carry. Like you carry a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, I don't even know how that name came about, Mr. Cup Match. I mean, oh. I do, but I don't because I think once you do well in three cup matches or so, and you score runs and get wickets, get catches, then people gravitate to a certain name and that name just stuck. And after it stuck, I just kept on going on and on and on. I kept making runs. I kept getting catches. I mean, to have every record in cup match, pretty much, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's not something that I really set my mind to, but it happened. And I guess that's how Mr. Cup match just stuck. And now it's like everywhere I go, Mr. Cup match, Mr. Cup match. I mean, sometimes it's nice, but sometimes you just want to be yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Yeah. You go out somewhere and it's like you just go out to have a good time, just be with your friends or whatever the case may be. Right. And it's like people's like, Mr. Cop Magic, you're like, you know, no, you know, not tonight. Like tonight you <laughs> right. just want to relax, you know? But you can't do nothing about it. It's just how Bermuda is and, and yeah. you have to accept it. Like I accept it now. Well, I don't think you didn't set out to do it. You was eight, you said eight, 10 year old with your bat and ball. And I think you manifested and thought about it. But once it's now reality, it's like, wow, I really made it here. Mm. And to hold, like you said, all of these different records, and I'm not going to profess to say that I know I'm all generic. However, <laughs> if you have named off all of these other greats, when you talk about Neil Gilbins, Arnold Manners, your dad, and so forth, and to have surpassed that is a wow, it's just honorable and just such a good feeling at the age that you still are because you're still young and then mm -hmm. you're in your 40s you're still young you yeah. still look good you know yeah look good and so and you're still <laughs> out there playing cricket the, the knees haven't gotten out of hand too bad yet so you should be applauded for that and you know that is um awesome awesome thing to have accomplished you know mm -hmm. what i mean it took a lot of hard work you know sacrifice and so forth to carry that name mr cop match just think about it you have had all of those greats but none of them were named mr cop match no you no, know they haven't. Mm -hmm. um that's the part that surprises me because it's a lot of great players before me right they did a lot before me as well mm -hmm. but for me to be called mr cop match i mean is a privilege it's yeah. an honor yeah. and I just take it in my stride and just accept it because you have to accept it. Keep on moving. 
Yeah. And I mean, I accept it and I'm happy. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. humbled about it. Yeah. So, tell me this. As you know that the podcast is given head and you was just like, what, Sherry? I'm like, yep, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> so with that being said, how have you found your happiness, empowerment, and development through this sport? How did you find that? Because I think all of those three pillars have been achieved during through this sport. Yeah, it has. I mean, like I said, to be where I am in cricket, it's definitely a privilege for me to help out where I can with youth, with senior players, whatever they need. If you ask me, can you help me? I'm having a little bit of trouble with my technique in batting, or you just want to just sit down and talk cricket. Mm. As a youngster, as a growing up, I mean, that's just me. I'm right. willing to help out the youngsters in any way they can. If they need help in anything, I'll help. Because I mean, I look at it like this. Somebody helped me. Mm-hmm. For me to get where I am today, somebody gave that time up and helped me to, to better and benefit myself in this sport. So for me, I have to think the same way. Okay. Something that somebody that wants me help them, then I have to get back and put back into the community or whatever the case may be. So I have to help out in any way I can when it comes to that. So reaching back and giving back is your happiness. It empowers you and it continues to develop you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Very much. Very much so. Well, Nara, thank you so much. I know that COVID and Corona has really put a damper on necessarily the sport itself for this. And then, you know, they have canceled the sport of cup match for this year, not necessarily the holiday, but people are still going to have time to gather with their family which is what it's about as well bringing families together families like are so strong during this time you know i am just gonna you know throw it out there somerset does retain the cup which means that we have the cup in our possession for another year however we got it this year (laughs) whether it was corona COVID, or outright being but it belongs to us. It belongs to us. It belongs to us. <laughs> it belongs to us. You know, so this, this rival goes on for a little while, but we don't care. Nope. This, this is a Somerset podcast right now. <laughs> but thank you so much. Continue to do what you're doing. Continue to stay as humble as you are, along with um, giving back and being the Mr. Cup match that you are and embodying that. So I appreciate you, Navarro. You know, we go a long way back. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you very it. much. No problem. Anytime, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.